0: Welcome to Drinking and Talking with your host, Vincent Franconi.
1: This is Vince again at Kooning's Bar. Welcome to Drinking and Talking, number whatever, I don't know anymore and today we are drinking and talking with hannah gamble hi so hannah and i have met once before this and that was at a reading right mm-hmm. that was right and uh hannah heard that i had a podcast and i don't remember if i asked you or you asserted yourself no i asserted
0: myself that is how i do it and i okay. love podcasts So i was just like hello i would like to be on your podcast Because podcasts are, like, a big part of my life. So, of course, I want to participate in the things that I
1: love. And she signed uh, the book of hers that I bought, uh, which I read, and which I gave good reading on Goodreads. saying, thank you! uh... I should on Amazon, though, because isn't that, like, the way it works? You have to give good readings readings on Amazon to, like, get people attention and stuff.
0: It really helps. I'm so... Uh, happy and excited whenever I see that someone has written a good review. Um, the book came out, it feels like so long ago that, um, well, I don't know. I was going to say, I don't know if anyone cares anymore, but then again, people, I don't know. It, A lot of people don't know about poetry. Mm -hmm. So, if someone saw you be like, this poetry book is great, then maybe they would be interested, even if the book did come out in
1: late 2012. Possibly. I mean, poetry's not a big... Seller in America, which Pretty I don't know if I've talked about on the podcast before. I've definitely yeah. talked about to a lot of people before. Oh, there's yeah. Steve, my landlord. <laughs> um, but it's a thing that any attention you can bring to it is good. I Absolutely. know the Amazon thing is a weird one because my publisher, who's an incredibly small publisher, said if you get uh, X amount of reviews, like the more you get, the easier it is for me to like take on an ad and like pitch your book to book bloggers. So it's said, like uh, Amazon really yeah. controls the scene these days. Like, you need to get attention there for, like, outside sources to view your book as legitimate. Which sucks.
0: I believe it. I totally believe it. I just kind of thought my book won the National Poetry Series, so it's legit.
1: Well, yeah. and
0: But that doesn't mean that anyone's going to pay attention <laughs> to it now in 2019. So, it it needs your help. It needs everyone's help all the time. Every poet needs for... Other people to constantly be reminding the entire world that like this book exists, this person exists, because there's so much going on.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, thank you. I'm glad to help.
1: And you wrote in the book uh, when you signed it that you were going to come on my podcast and talk about some freaky shit. Oh hell yeah! So I'm glad. That's why I'm really happy that you are now here to so talk yeah. about some freaky shit. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> However, that is defined.
0: I'm excited. Well, I was just talking to my sister on the way here. She just a few months ago moved down to New Orleans and she has realized like that New Orleans is an incredibly hedonistic place where you enjoy the senses and you like celebrating and food and drink and people and music all just very important. Um, And she was like, I'm a hedonist. I just realized I'm a hedonist, but, like, this word has a bad connotation. But I was like, yeah, but does it everywhere? I need to figure this out, because I've been calling myself a hedonist for a long time, because I'm like, what's the problem with enjoying the things we were, like, born with, being able to, like, feel stuff on our skin and, like, taste things on our tongue and, like... Like when things are pretty colors or cool textures. Like, whats that's what hedonism is to me, is just, like, enjoying whatever the hell. So, I don't think that's morally irresponsible. That's, like, being a, to use biblical language, a good steward of what you were given. And your just family's use not it Catholic?
1: No. Okay. Because <laughs> if they were, that would make more sense to understand that shame of hedonism right but uh...
0: well no don't get me wrong my family was i was raised in nashville tennessee to Mm. fundamentalist christian Mm. parents mostly my mom and my dad just kind of went along with it until they got divorced and now he's much more like into the doubt aging and just kind of like meditating i think he might consider himself some kind of christian but very like against current like republican trumpian christianity or whatever um but yeah no i was raised with an intense uh, sense of shame about uh my body and um just anything that could be any fun ever (laughs) um but so i think my sister and i and probably my other siblings have as well have just worked hard to like get away from that and reject And say, well, all of this is really good and nice. Um, I mean, just to, like, get excited about, like, a beautiful bowl of ramen or to just know you're going to feel really sleepy and fuzzy when you smoke some weed or to, like, whatever sexy I mean you know I told you when you asked what I like to talk about like I do like to talk about sex a lot mm-hmm. and uh, so I think that's just an important part of enjoying life and so on so I don't know my sister and I and others of our siblings we not the one in seminary there's one in <laughs> seminary he's not where we are not in terms of the drugs and the but sex he,
1: he may get there It just a weird path
0: right everybody's on their own (laughs) doing their own thing on their own journey so to speak so i mean you know maybe the day will come he enjoys a a pipe filled with tobacco that's the thing
1: he enjoys he
0: enjoys scotch he enjoys the company of dogs that's very Mm -hmm. pleasurable oh yeah I saw you have a picture of a dog on your phone.
1: I uh, do. This is uh, my last dog, the great... Oh, there he was walking in the door. My wife texted me. Say, this is my dog who passed away. Aww. And I have not uh, replaced this photo, even though I have another dog who I post photos of constantly. who looks like that. Oh, good. my
0: God. Is he a chihuahua? Yeah, both are <laughs> chihuahuas. Ooh. Although he's
1: mixed with a papillon. So he has Ooh, I love crazy papillons. butterfly yes. ears. Uh, he's very he's made out he, he of He hates pop. me. Yeah. Oh <laughs> he hates everybody but my wife and myself.
0: I wonder if he would hate me. I'm very curious. He might, he might but
1: Well only he only hates people who come into our house. He's usually hmm. friendly to people outside of it, oh, except Jeff. He barked at because he remembers you yeah. of coming over and having the audacity of like walking into his apartment.
0: Oh. So I could I could Taking enter the apartment. Away. <laughs> right. So even if I ignore him, my trick with dogs, getting dogs to like me, is that I always ignore them when mm-hmm. I enter their space. Like I say hi to their parents or whatever and maybe I'll like put a hand down or say like hi dog, but like I really ignore them a lot and it's really good. They, they want really them. like it. Mm-hmm. Well yeah, they just don't I guess like babies and kids are the same way yes. where if you like lunge at their face and you're like, Hi, I'm sexy so to meet you like that kid or that animal is fucking freaked out and they don't like you yeah and there's I, also a needy energy that comes with that that animals don't respect sure
1: i do that with kids not because i don't like them but because i don't think i know how to talk to them but then i end up getting along with them because i ignore them and yeah. they want to talk to you and impress me and then yeah. i just end up having like nieces crawling all over me and stuff yeah they're all very exactly the same when they were really little i would just go hello yeah i don't really know you're not quite a person yet and then eventually they would just sort of, like, do something adorable and funny. And I'd
0: be like, all right, let's chat. So makes I sense. think that sounds like a perfect approach. Yeah, I totally okay, do that well, with kids.
1: My wife has been known to take the dog for a walk to Kunin's to crash the podcast. So he oh, may come in, you never know. Oh, my God. It is 50-50.
0: That's great. Well, and I should say, when I meet dogs out on the street, I don't ignore them at all. I'm, like, literally on the ground with them kissing yeah. them. But when I come into their home, that's when I just completely ignore them. And then they're, like, flopped over on my lap. Very
1: smart. Very, very sure. place. Yeah. They yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I mean, the idea of hedonism in dogs is one I'm glad you brought up. Because that is increasingly, as I get older and older and more sort of comfortable in my Existence. Um, all I kind of wanna do is just like lounge with the dog. I mean, I'm on break right now from teaching, so I'm working. What do you teach? Teach at Roosevelt University. Yeah. yeah. And I'm on summer break, but I still have like a couple days a week I go in. But most of the days, if I'm not there, I am you know, make my wife breakfast in the morning, send her off to work, and then the dog and I just sit on the couch and it's the greatest thing in the world. And I think this is all I really wanna do is just hang out with the dog and just like yeah. if it's noon and I want to have a drink or I want to have tea or make a oh, meal yeah. like, this is a very hedonistic summer for me yeah.
0: that's wonderful I'm so glad to hear that oh yeah i I think not all lapsed Catholics are so lucky. Yeah, I'm not a great. I mean, I I can tell Jeff isn't having that kind of summer. (laughs) Well, (laughs) Jeff has a
1: Jeff has a job, a real job. Yeah, uh, as I say, so yeah, able to do that. But but Jeff's never said no to a drink, in my experience. So, I mean, you're right about the Catholic thing. To an extent, it is hard to like shake. All that sense of shame that is, like, imbued within you as a child. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's more necessary. I think going to yeah. Catholic school did it for me. If I didn't go to Catholic school, I probably would still have, like, a lingering idea that Catholic Catholicism is okay. Right. But, like, being there every day for four years and, like, enduring that was like, yeah, this is bullshit. I'm not going to deal with this. Especially when the one brother at my school who was cool, who everybody liked, left our junior year because his secret girlfriend was pregnant and mm-hmm. wouldn't give it up. And he's like, well, I guess I'll leave the order and be a father and a husband now. And we were like, no wonder he was cool. He was having regular sex. As yeah. to these other like, weird celibates and pedophiles surrounded by. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I know. I do just like casually. Oh, did you see that video where this was in Brazil? There was like some, you know, anti-gay priest who was delivering a sermon and the woman, some woman ran on stage and just pushed him off. And the whole crowd is like, ah! Yeah, that was Um, pretty great. It was really great. Uh, That was, (laughs) I love stories about you know, bigoted priests uh, being Thanks, injured yeah. in some way, or, um, you know, like, when people who are hunting animals oh, get mauled by animals, or, like, I just shared something. Bullfighters die. Who died? When oh, bullfighters, yeah. Oh, wonderful. I love it. And, uh, yeah, recently I reposted something about a guy who, like, shot an elephant, and then the elephant as it died, just fell on him and crushed <laughs> him, and he died. So these are like the feel-good stories yeah. that I share because, um, as you know, you know, social media can be a dark place.
1: mentioned how I got feedback about my cussing. I wouldn't... Have you
0: any cuss words yet? I think I did just, like, exude sort of an impassioned fucking, you know, at some point, just to italicize something I said. But I think just once. Um, I think mainly it's just good, yeah, for, like, verbal italicizing
1: and... Rhythm and mm-hmm. stalling, and probably actual, accurate representations of how people talk. Well, I yeah. I think like often when we exclude those words intentionally, that's when it sounds more false to me. Yeah, probably, just, they just swear. They just fucking swear. Yeah, yeah. Roger Eber wrote a review about I think Cast a Blank or not. I'm probably about like Goodfellas or something that was a lot of cursing, and he said like. If in the scene in Casablanca where it's Paris and Rick looks at the note that says that Ilsa took off and left him, and she's not going to join, her, if he would have looked at that and gone, "Fuck," yeah, like, I would have totally bought that. Like yeah. it would have been normal. Yeah, so it's just how it is sometimes.
0: I think so too. Well, yeah. Okay, so you had mentioned you wanted to talk about my podcast at some point, and here yes. is—or not podcast. I'm sorry. You do the podcast. Sure. I don't. I'm doing a web series. Web series and there is definitely cussing Swearing, whatever you want to call it. Cussing sounds that's like a southern thing to say, right? I, and I was raised in Tennessee. No. I feel like just only Southern people say like cuss you out or she was cussing, whereas maybe other people would say cursing or maybe I do more cursing. Swear. I don't know. I feel like Chicago
1: and swear. I feel like yeah. we don't cuss, we swear. Yeah. Southerners cuss. cuss. You said a cuss. <laughs> There's a little southern thing on the, uh, the cuss. We said an for...
0: But so, okay, there's a scene, because, okay, so the web series is all about, you know, having an abortion, and then other things, but, uh, and it's based on, you know, just 100% my life. So, like, guess what? Being pregnant is really awful. That's what I gather It's terrible I mean I I have the impression That like Maybe for some women It Um Isn't so bad Maybe they don't Like have as much Sick feelings Or maybe like They experience some euphoria Or maybe they feel Really beautiful Or mm-hmm. I mean And maybe some of that Is having to do with like Having a really supportive partner And you're so excited That you made a Human together And The partner Takes care of you And Tell You know Kind of Babies you a little bit Which sounds great to me But like I Was just In it On my own I just Dumped the guy Who knocked me up Like a week Before I found out I was pregnant um, it, Yeah being pregnant Is so Awful It feels so bad It feels like Just you're Very Very sick And possibly dying And So, yeah, I mean, it was so terrible. I could barely walk. I could barely, like, work or think, and I definitely couldn't eat. So, anyway, there's a scene, like, all food tasted wrong to me. Mm. And so, like, there are these um, crackers I love called nut thins, and they're made with, like, almonds or pecans or whatever. I love those things. I could eat a box every other day. But when I ate those when I was pregnant, they tasted so moldy. Like, they were just covered in mold. I could not. And also, I love coffee. I am one of those people that I would literally drink decaf coffee like just for the flavor if I didn't want to. Yeah, I mean, I just love coffee. But while I was pregnant, it tasted just like so gross. Hmm. So everything just tasted spoiled and dirty and kind of stinky. Like it was just awful. So I have anyway, this, I promise, is related to swearing because there's a scene in the web series where like, the actor who's playing me is like trying to eat things. And so they like coffee's terrible, crackers are terrible. And then they like arrive at just like a slice of apple, just a goddamn slice of apple. And so then they like bite it and then they're like, pull out. And then like, God fucking damn it. And you know, like smack the table. But that's like, I just couldn't imagine the show without swearing because when in those moments of like fuck I want to eat so bad I'm so hungry I feel so terrible and I know it's because my food or my body needs food but it's so repulsive to me that I can't have anything in my mouth like that is a really frustrating awful situation so I knew there was gonna have to be a lot of swearing and I couldn't imagine the show without nudity either because like for a long time I was a figure model at different art studios around town and I just really like feel like it's super important thank you so much Thank you, sir. Um, I feel like it's important to have like instances of non-sexual nudity in the world because if the only time that people ever experience nudity is when they're having sex, then every time you see like someone's tit out or something, you're like, oh, cool, that's for me. We're having sex right. now. You you pulled that tit out because you want to have sex with me now, and obviously that's a really limited and often extremely damaging way of, you know, interacting with your world that might be involving a woman who's naked at the time, or any person who's naked at the time, thinking that nudity is for you, and is a signal that sex is going to happen. That's not
1: good. No, it's interesting to consider, because I... There's a there's there's very limited uses for the penis, um, frankly. Oh. Two that I can think of, really off the top of my head, they're the big ones. Peeing and fucking. Yeah, basically, those are the biggies. There's probably others that I know there are, but those are the two big ones. And holding he, your keys. Well, I don't know. It gets harder in my age. Joe. Sure. <laughs> um, but I mean, the thing that's interesting about that is like. Okay, for a woman to say that is fascinating because there's this epidemic, we'll call it instead of phenomenon, of men sending dick pics. Um, sure. Because I think that is the mindset of if the dick is out, um, you know, it's always tied to this idea of, like, expressing sexuality, however wrong-headed and, and strange that might be, yeah. as that gesture. But yeah. it's born of the same idea, like, whereas men have internalized, every time I see it tit in a movie, it's because it's a sex scene. Right. So that so tit always equals sex it always equals fucking it always it, that's the sole um, utility of the woman's body in my view because I've yeah. internalized everything I've seen in culture right uh, which basically just treat I mean I grew up in the 80s for God's sakes if I saw a movie it was supposed to be funny and a joke and titillating part of the point for sure there you go but it's like I think that is what what leads men to think like you know these body parts are solely assigned to this thing and therefore like Why wouldn't every woman want to see my cock? Because I want to see all their tits.
0: Right, 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 right. What a thing to hear out of context. Yeah. Well, I was thinking a few years ago that, like, the world would also be better if in restrooms we all just, like, if men and women and non-binary people, if we all used the same restrooms and all just peed and shat and vomited in stalls next to each other because... I remember this guy who's like a boyfriend of one of my friends in college he was kind of a rockabilly dude which like ugh, i'm already like doubting your judgment there buddy but anyway he did look good in leather i just burped that was cool awesome
1: speaking of body parts and functions and things yeah. i guess
0: that's what happens with hard seltzer i'm gonna be just like burping fizzy. it's yeah. really fizzy i don't mind. I'm pretty shameless about burping, but I hold all my farts in forever and ever. It's good.
1: Yeah, I think it's a good. I think that's a thing good call. Burping. Yeah. is...
0: Who cares? Sort of they don't annoying. usually
1: smell. No, and you know, it's there's a it's fine. Mildly interesting thing about them. Yeah.
0: Well, so this rockabilly guy, he was like, you know, sometimes when I take a shit, I don't think he said take a shit, but he's like, I'm in the bathroom and I've done my deed. He's like, I will turn around and view what I have done, as I believe all humans do. And I think he's right. I always look at my poo. And he's like, and when I see that pile of poo, I cannot believe that something this foul could ever come from a female body because women are so nice and they are pretty and they are soft and they smell good and i truly think that is a dangerous that is (laughs) like a slippery it may sound harmless to some of your listeners vince but i think that that's fucking dangerous territory because it's like i mean don't we know this from like narcissistic personality types now that like narcissistic personality types are likely to elevate and idolize people initially like very quickly like just totally fall in love or like you're my dream girl and I'm so glad I found you and like kind of blow out of proportion someone's excellence and then it's just as easy for them to flip over and be like you're such a dumb slut you're the worst person I've ever met so I always am pretty nervous when someone seems to be like disproportionately like revering me like Mm. I do love to be revered because i do deserve a certain amount of it but as we as many of us do but yeah i just think like thinking that women are too great to poop like that's a real problem because we definitely do and and if you are in denial about all of the things that the if you think women don't share the same biological processes that dirty, bad men do. I mean, I don't know. I'm just, like,
1: scared about where your head I is think at. There's there's yeah. many a man I know who would probably say something similar to the rockabilly dude. Yeah. I've lived with women my whole life. Uh, my parents divorced when I was split up when I was five. So, I mean, like, my dad was around. He lived in another state, but I saw him. But mostly it was, like, my mom and my aunts and a lot of women. So I feel like my illusions were shattered early. Good. And then you know I've lived with women, and you know, yeah, you, you, that's when you really get to know people. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's a fascinating thing to just to see. There was a review of um, the book Gone Girl that I cannot remember the name of the person who wrote the review. It was for the London uh, Review of Books, and it had the most interesting point because the woman was a mystery writer and she really hated the book Gone Girl. This is before the movie. <sighs> I haven't read Gone Girl. I saw the movie, but. Like a fascinating thing was so much of that movie is about a woman who is controlling her world. Yeah. Um and creating um images. Yeah. And she's like, but that's the most feminine thing I can think of because we're born with these bodies. She's like, All women know how disgusting we really are. Like we've been in bathrooms and locker rooms with each other. We we've seen each other at our grossest, and so much of what she said was uh, the problem with men is like women will put out this idealized version of themselves because we have to disinfect and deodorize and pluck and do all these things because uh, the beauty standard is placed upon us. But when we do that, it's like, you know, men come out with these really stupid kind of wrong headed views of what women are. She's like, but what she was sort of indicting women I think, a little bit, maybe unfairly for sort of buying into that, the point of like over sanitizing themselves and plucking and sculpting and like, everything must be perfect and clean and smell good. Mm. And the human body and it's sort of like they said it's this fight against the human body and the downside or the double standard is men don't have that fight i mean you can be a man and you can definitely crimp and prune and do all those things that men do um, but there is a certain you know, historical freedom that men have experienced to so, like yeah. be a slob for a day. I've seen many a, a couple walking on the street on a Saturday night where the woman is you know <laughs> there's Jeff like, showing off his amazing I don't know man that's a pretty good outfit today. It's, uh, red and green I mean, you know not much of a uh, there you go but I, I've seen like Saturday night and the woman has like makeup dress heels spent time with herself dude is like backwards ball cap untucked shirt gym shoes and they're going to dinner and I'm just like, yeah, that's just not awesome. But, you know, no, it's I mean, I'm a slob. Fair. I'm not trying to say I'm judging either. But it's just like I, I see that as a double standard that is. Yeah. Like, but part of that, I think, does create this idea of this is what women are supposed to look like. They're always supposed to be polished. Right. And then men can envision them taking a shit as you. Right. Not. Because it's like, ooh, gross. But like every woman I'm sure can imagine, sadly, a man you know, defecating. Oh, yeah. It's a joke. It's like, it's a thing that men do for fun. Like, let's, like, let's let's fart in front of my significant other because it's funny. Yeah, oh, totally. Which I think yeah. is disgusting and not funny, but. Yeah.
0: Let's trap my significant other under the blanket with my fart.
1: Yes. I think my brother, and hopefully he's not listening to this because he'll be, I don't know if he'll be proud or embarrassed, but when we, in his 20s, he had a relationship with a, with a girl and he used to love to do that, to just like fart in her presence. And uh, I remember him getting up off the couch to walk closer to her face to let her go, and then sitting down and her being like, ah, and then him just laughing at her like, you know, oh, you men kind of a response
0: to that I think that sometimes when I witness men just bugging the women who love them most I really think it's just like these men want to connect and they have no fucking idea how sad story the story of men um it's it's how we
1: connect i mean playground you like a girl you tackle her or you push her
0: and someone i don't know where that idea comes from but it's so bizarre how many men i know in their 30s who still will kind of just like be saying mean things and i'm like why are you being mean and they're like i'm just teasing this is how we connect i'm like This is just mean Like why don't you try Saying something nice to me Um But Yeah I mean I think it's an issue Of socialization Because obviously I've known some very sweet Little boys Who were You know Kind of forced to Quote unquote Toughen up I mean like My brother Josiah Who I think Is a Very heterosexual man Who Loves uh, I mean he's an electric no chemical engineer as a child he loved dump trucks and planes and trains he loved mechanics and machines that might be redundant I don't know let's just go with it but he also you know like my mom had two more children after she had Josiah and Josiah would like hold a baby doll up to his chest to sort of like mimic the breastfeeding that my mom was doing and there's just, like, nothing wrong with that. But if he was in preschool, like, I'm oh, sure God. someone probably even, you know, it could have even been his preschool teacher.
1: Absolutely. And
0: I say if he was in preschool because we we're actually all homeschooled. Um, But, you know, yeah. I know mothers who are raising their children to just sort of be able to express their gender however they want. I mean, the kids... I know men some. Have nipples too, yeah. yeah, men have nipples. Little boys might like to wear pink crocs or want to wear a tiara. I mean, it's not a big deal. So I have a friend who's just letting her son wear whatever he wants. And his teachers are making him, you know, change into more like boy appropriate clothes. And it's just, um,
1: that's just kind of a shame. No, it is. School so, is, is really one of the perpetrators
0: of this. 100%. Kids are mean and teachers are mean. Oh, teachers are the worst. I say um, this is Well,
1: I don't teach kids, but...
0: They are kids, though. Yeah. They're not...
1: They are, actually. They're 18-year-olds. They're kids.
0: But they're, like, more developed, obviously, than, like, a two-year-old where I... I'm so... Man, I feel like if you... Uh, if a two-year-old loses her blanket, like, she could have a personality disorder, like... I just feel like... They're so sensitive at that age. It's like, wow. But I don't know. I, I'm not a parent, so I'm just kind of
1: making guesses about things. No idea, and I don't think I will. Oh, I'm never going to find out. Yeah, what am I kidding?
0: Hey, you're going to have sperm until you're, like, 80. I took care of that. Oh, good. Congrats. <laughs> that I really admire that. I wish more people would just go ahead and snip, snip.
1: I mean, it was sort of a thing where I'm a married man. Yeah. I'm going to be with this person. I mean, this is it. You know, this is the person I'm with. Uh, we made that decision, you know, late. We didn't get married in our 20s or anything. And uh, it's like, why the fuck don't I do this when we own my kids? It seems like it's a better, safer bet. I mean, yeah. it's kind of stupid not to, frankly. I'm so into it That's And awesome. it was, it was a, and, and I got to milk that For a good week Of laying around And you know hey, And on. It. And if you it was, love laying around I mean I do And if you know My, my, my relationship With my wife I, I mean I, I say I, I say this Not to sort of like Complain but Like I do A lot of the cooking And I do a lot of the stuff Because I have a job Where like I get home earlier Or like, I got summers off And I have no problem with that Because I like to do All that shit Um but like it was a pretty awesome week of laying around and being waited on hand. But there's a small part where it's like, I get this 50s misogynist shit. Like there's a total oh, something totally to this. Like I, I'm trying to look at King. I, I see the appeal. I get why we've been fighting to keep y'all down for so long. Oh, yeah. It totally makes sense
0: to me. Oh, of course it makes sense. Who doesn't want to, like, be in charge and have all the good things first? Yeah, that's Of great. course. No, I understand. But I was thinking also, another way to even look at it is, even if someone just treated me like how I used to treat my dog or how I treat any of the dogs that I, like, take care of now, because, like, I had a dog, and she died about a year and a half ago, and I just was like, I don't even, I can't handle another dog, but I love dogs so much that I want to be around them all the time, so I started just like pet sitting for people, Mm -hmm. and so I'm around dogs a lot, and I love them, so if people even just treated me like how I treat dogs, like petting me, snuggling with me, (laughs) talking to me, sitting outside with me providing me with food I love it when people feed me because I don't really enjoy cooking it's not one of the ways I like express myself or even really express love usually there's always like five or ten other things I'd rather do to express love than cook for someone I just don't I don't like washing vegetables. (laughs) I don't like chopping vegetables. I don't like peeling vegetables. I don't like separating meat from muscle.
1: Well, that's. Or, I'm sorry,
0: skin from muscle. That is disgusting. I, I don't like waiting for things, and I just don't like any of it. So, if someone ever, like, cooks for me, or even just provides me with snacks, which I'll say, when I was pregnant, that was the one thing that I said to my friends was, listen, I've just found out I'm pregnant, I haven't been able to eat for a fucking month. I lost so much weight. People were like, you look so good. I'm like, I feel like death. Mm -hmm. Um... So I just emailed all my friends and was like, I need help eating. Because I had noticed, like, I had met up with a friend I hadn't seen in a while. And we met up at this little lunch net in Wicker Park. And I noticed that when I was talking to her, happy to be with her, somehow the distraction of her beautiful personality, I could just kind of eat without feeling like I was going to puke. And I, I will tell you, I never actually vomited while I was pregnant. Really? I never vomited. I just felt like I was going to vomit 24-7, and it kept me from eating, and since food always tasted spoiled or rotten, I just didn't fuck with it, but yeah, I noticed, okay, if I'm with friends, if it's a social event, I somehow can manage to get food down, so I just asked my friends over email, like, would you make lunch dates with me? Could we have dinner together? And friends would also just, like, bring me, buy smoothies, because I could do, like, smoothies and soup. Hmm. And olives, that was about it. Smoothies, soups, olives. So, actually, like, the night before my abortion, we had a little dinner party, and this is something I, like, tried to recreate in my web series, that we just had a little dinner party that was, like, abortion party, and... One of my friends made, like, a kale and white bean soup, and another friend just brought, like, so many olives. And uh, I actually made, like, a gluten-free bundt cake. Wow. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. You
1: baked? That's impressive. Well, with
0: a mix. Well... Oh, and by the way, though, here's a little tip from me to you. My sister is a chef, my sister Lydia, and she, I believe it's her. (laughs) I think she said that literally cake mixes are the only things that, like, don't fuck with making it from scratch. Just buy a goddamn cake mix. It'll be perfect every time.
1: I don't don't like I love cooking, but I have no patience for baking. Mm. I don't like anything we have to follow the exact measurements.
0: Right. So that's just me. Right, when I was a child, that's funny, because when I was, like, 9 years old, 10 years old, I actually loved baking, and I would make, like, cookies and cakes. I made scones when I was, like, 10. I just found it in a cookbook, like, scones had not really even entered America yet, but I was like, what are these scones? (laughs) So I loved baking when I was a child, because I had no sense of my own agency. I was, like, I was literally beat into submission by my mother, and... I just, I was a very willful, strongly personality child, but the whole entirety of my like childhood existence was my mom being like, no, like, less agency, less will, less ideas, less desires. You know, I guess I should say fewer, but still. Because you can count them. Because you can count them. Think, I don't think I can count desires, but
1: okay. So I think less Even works. if
0: they, even if you could keep counting them till the day you died, just the fact that they're, there's a
1: number. Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: That they're distinct units rather than like, we wouldn't. Well, no, rather than like a collection, like a glass of beer. Right. Couldn't say like many waters. We could say many bottles of water. Schoolers for a long time until I had to quit because my boss was feeling me up. Jesus I Christ. wish I had like recorded the things he was doing and saying to me so I could like sue him or something but honestly I think he might have been close to a millionaire.
1: Oh, you fucked up. You could have definitely...
0: No, but he was I think also a literal psychopath so I think his like... I had seen other people sort of try to mess with him and then him, like, hire prior private investigators like to, like, take lives. them down. Yeah, Oh, yeah, okay. I, I think his level of, like, vengefulness and then the money that he had to put towards that vengefulness, like... The best I could do was just escape. Just walk away.
1: Yeah. That's sad. That's a really it, good yeah. Person.
0: It is. It is. That was the best paying job I've ever had. So was that in Chicago or? Yeah. Well, it was in the suburbs. It was in like Hinsdale. Yeah.
1: Okay.
0: That's something that like I want to make sure every human man and women who haven't experienced sexual harassment. I want to make sure every human on the planet understands that like sexual harassment is literally it fucks with your ability to survive on a very basic level. It's not just, like, an annoyance or an inconvenience. But, like, the number of times I've had to quit jobs because my manager or boss was harassing me, it's, like, literally almost every job I've had with a male boss. So think about, like how much money I haven't made by constantly starting over. Oh, I work at this restaurant for a month and then my boss is like telling everyone in the kitchen he's gonna like fuck me well I have to get a new job in a month but then I'm like starting over it's beginners wages I mean I haven't worked restaurant jobs since before grad school but before grad school I pretty much exclusively yeah, well, worked in restaurants Yeah, exactly. and so if I was like having to quit my job every other month I was never really You know, getting to where I was making much money, you have little periods of having no job and that's always terrifying. Like it's a real like obstacle to just very basic survival.
1: It is. It's what I've always heard. Um I mean of that (laughs) of that kind of behavior. Well, I mean i Jeff knows some of these stories, but like the last job I had before I went into teaching full time was at a law firm where my boss um, was like harassing lots of uh, women and uh, sued a lot. He got sued a lot. Oh yeah, he would get sued a lot for it, or he'd get in trouble, or something like that. Uh, and one of the women didn't. Uh, because she didn't want to start her career as a lawyer on that note. Right. And I remember thinking, like, no, fucking, you know, take the kind of task. Right. But she's sort of made that point of, like, well, I have to measure, like, what's the, what's worth it here? What's the outcome right. for me? And, you know, is it was easier to just walk away? And It was easier to walk away, yeah. uh, which is pretty sad. It's terrible.
0: But, yeah, absolutely, like, people, and not just men, women are incredibly misogynistic as well, but people almost always, even today if someone is like, you know, this guy assaulted me or this guy raped me, there will be women and men who will be like, ooh, she's a troublemaker. Oh, she's kind of crazy, though. Oh, she just wants attention. I mean, it's still, like, so prevalent, so I understand.
1: I mean, this kind of gets a little bit back to where we started, but, like, the idea that there is so much evidence to bring to that conversation, if one was just to look at facts and statistics, how many women make shit up versus... Right. Should be, it, but yeah. like the very idea that that doesn't really penetrate the conversation. Like you can come yeah. at people with all of that evidence and all that facts and all yeah. that data and empirical evidence and they'll still be like, yeah, but I heard this thing about a friend of a friend of a friend of mine who had some woman who lied because she was just being a bitch.
0: Right. I read a really interesting article about here are here is the profile of a woman of a woman who is most likely to lie about being raped or assaulted. It was very interesting um, and I found it really informative. So they were saying, you know, based on our research. The only women who actually will say, will falsely accuse a man of assaulting or raping her is a woman who kind of has been a fraudster for, like, most of her life. A woman who's committed insurance fraud, Hmm. a woman who has, like, stolen a bunch of stuff. Like, just someone who generally lies for to, for monetary purposes or is kind of like a petty criminal but always strictly related to fraud like oh i slipped on that ice i'm going to sue you big lots or whatever that like those women would say he touched my butt, even if he didn't. But in terms of, like, a quote-unquote normal woman who never had tried to, like, sue a, a dry cleaners because the steam gave her a headache or something, those women don't lie about these things. Like, everyone knows that, like, accusing a man of rape is the best way to just be abused in a very public way for the rest of your life. And there's not money in it. I mean, if you take a guy to court, that's one thing, but most of the time you're just kind of telling your friends or you're saying, please don't book this band to play the same show as my band because that guy raped my friend. Like, that's mostly what it is, not trying to... Like, who wants to become famous like for being raped? Yeah. I mean, because when people are like, she just wants attention, she's a fame whore. Like, what the fuck? What kind of who fame Who wants is that? to become a... Yeah, is that, like, some old, weird subsect of reality no. TV
1: star? The only way to get, uh, I think, people to understand that is to say is to find examples of people who are famous for the worst shit like the most embarrassing thing and say like you know you would not want to be famous for that reason this is what the level of fame is when you accuse somebody of something uh you get shit on i mean very it's not anything that anyone will willfully bring on. it's
0: even stars. beyond like i mean people will literally make death threats yeah. to you and
1: your family dox you and send you absolutely the and all that shit yeah absolutely it's something that I'm constantly, like, very... Like, I don't think I've talked too much about this with people because uh, we have had a dude-heavy presence in the podcast. We've had a few women. Um, the last couple of women. I'm trying to have more women on. Uh, because I think it's interesting. I think, but, like, one of the things that, like, in the last few years has been very fascinating for me to talk about that. every woman I know, every man I know, too, is the idea of, like, those sort of things that... that, that uh, Like, the idea of, like, the culture we're living in now and how responsive or irresponsive it is to these issues that are so fucking prevalent and so fucking old and established. So, in the era of Me Too, it's really fascinating to talk to my male friends more than my women friends, in a way, because I'm sort of trying to figure out where they're at and what they think about all this. Uh, Because no woman I know is, like, that I know personally is, like, well, the Me Too movement's bullshit. Um the French feminists perhaps uh, <laughs> yeah. are saying that but like a lot of the men I know will probably either go one way or the other with this but like the conversation that's fascinating is like well have you done something have we done something that's been fucking sketchy in the past and gotten away with it oh, and yeah. like can we reckon with that or can we have a conversation it's a fascinating conversation to get into with men frankly yeah. uh, because like one of the things that like one of my oldest friends who I won't name uh, who's very sort of I don't know he's taken a very conservative turn later. later. Years has sort of like said on time at times lately. It's just really fascinating to hear because it's like a view into like defensive male mindset, of which you know, men, um, myself included, are always going to have a little bit of that. It's a knee jerk reaction, and you know, looking beyond it is all.
0: Friend of mine, Melinda Sampa, he's a guy,
1: yeah,
0: um, and he has said very wisely, I think that every cis man is falls somewhere on the spectrum of rapist, and what he means is every cis guy has pushed it when they shouldn't have pushed it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and every cis guy has seen what they can kind of get away with. And every cis guy has acted more on their desires and sort of pushed, like, disregarded or rationalized away the comfort level or the true level of desire of the woman that they were engaging with
1: i mean as men we sort of have this idea that even those of us who you know might feel like well we're not abusers we're not assaulters we're not going to do it, we're not terribly terrible dicks yeah we will hear a very hard no and go oh, okay no but i mean prior to that no there right. could have been Three to five cues that we don't pick up on. Absolutely, absolutely,
0: and I think that some of that is also like I think men are socialized to like be persistent. Like if you're really in love or if you really want it,
1: you know, keep trying, man. I was always taught like. Go outside the girl's house with the boombox like two exactly. seconds later, Exactly, exactly. Play that fucking Peter Gabriel song. Exactly Eventually right. she
0: will come around. And that's fucked up, but that is what you guys were taught. Oh, absolutely. And I had a very interesting experience in November where I was, I guess I shouldn't name my friend. Let's just call him... Um, Peter for the sake of anonymity sure so we went out (laughs) dancing and we like have a sexual romantic relationship he and I Um, and we were going out dancing at the beauty bar and this woman well really these two women kind of like seemed really interested in us one of the women was really interested in me and one of the women was really interested in Peter. And so we weren't, like, trying to, like, have a group sex experience, but it did basically turn into these two women coming back to Peter's place with, uh, with him and with me and it was really interesting to observe the different ways in which peter and i were trying to like sort of navigate the situation really because well you know so on the one hand like i was like the woman who was interested in me was almost 10 years younger than me so my initial thing when she was like kind of feeling me up at the bar like she even at one point just straddled me and started like making out with me like on the edge of the dance floor and my initial concern had been like well I want to make sure she's not just like insanely drunk because You know, a woman, because we've been treated like prey, I think that even though like I'm attracted to women, I'm always very nervous about hitting on them because I don't want any of my behavior to come across as predatorial, especially if they're younger than me or even physically smaller than me. I feel like, you know, I'm so aware of like the advantages I might have and then I'm like nervous about that or whatever but so you know we had invited these two women back to Peter's place the woman who was interested in me had obviously already like she was getting acquainted with my body and like she wanted to it appeared she wanted to like get down and then Peter was also interested in the woman who was interested in me uh, of But I, so we didn't know if we would just kind of all and her friend was just kind of a long because but her friend was a little more quote unquote quoting peter acerbic because she had just like gotten out of her relationship so she was a little more just like being a little mean to peter and whatever and anyway it wasn't clear like how things were gonna go what was gonna happen but they were back in his apartment with us so peter now I understand he was acting upon the responsibility or the sense of duty that most men are socialized to feel where it's like I must move things along it is my job to get things to progress so he's dimming the lights he's rubbing (laughs) someone's foot he's you know putting on some sexy groups and I could just tell that the women were just kind of a little bit like What the fuck? Well, not really what the fuck, but just they were like... They seemed a little reserved or whatever. Whereas, you know, one of these women had like had her tongue like all up in my mouth not too long ago. So I'm like, okay, we clearly need to just have a conversation about what's going to happen here. We don't know. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of sent Peter away. I was like, just go away. You know, he was like, uh, yeah, I'll go to the I'll like go to the bathroom. Anyway, he leaves and I just sit down in front of these women they're on the couch. I, like, kneel in front of them and just, like, put my hand on both of their shins or something. Nothing very sexual, but making contact, like, okay, guys. Let's just talk about our hopes and dreams for the evening. We're so happy you're here. You guys are lovely company. If all you want out of the night is just to, like, listen to some music, like, have some more drinks, that sounds great. You guys are lovely company. You're. We're so glad you're here. It seems like... You might want other things to happen too But let's talk about what those might be So the woman who's interested in me says Well, I don't want to have a threesome with you and Peter I'm not here for that I'm like, okay, that's great information Then they say, you know, we don't want to have sex with each other We've been friends since high school We don't want to, like, be all just in a big mess of boning So I'm like, good to know so I'm like, okay, so, and one thing they said that was really interesting was they were like, we, oh, well, I said, what do you want? And they said, like, we just want to have fun and we don't want to feel pressure of any kind. Like, very cool. So I don't even think they were talking about pressure, like, we don't want you to grope us or we don't want blah, blah blah, but they were really even just saying we don't want to have the sense that you have a specific agenda. Hmm. Like, even just knowing, I think they could even just sense that Peter was trying to move things along. And they were resistant to that, even though he was not being creepy or gross or bad. He was just doing what he thought he was supposed to do to be a good host.
1: I think that's where it comes down to, is what he thinks he was supposed to do. Exactly. I mean, there is that weird and I think it's changed and I mean I'm you know upper 40s so this is great because my dating life is over and I'm so fucking happy about that oh uh, so, yeah because it seems seriously. so nightmarish oh that was never it's very good at it anyway no. it's, oh, I fucking hated all that bullshit but part of it was I don't know how to make that happen if I was in a situation with a woman and I'm like there was always that feeling of like well I do need to dim the lights now I do need to put the music right. on this is my job I'm not a take charge guy I can't right. fucking do that. Right. So, you know, well, neither like, is Peter.
0: Yeah. He's a Libra.
1: I was working on this essay uh, about the 80s because somebody put out a call for submissions about that. And I'm like, well, I'm a child in the 80s, so I definitely want to mm-hmm. write about that. And one of the things that I wrote in it, it was a sort of, like everything I read, it's sort of a smart-ass satirical thing. Mm-hmm. And it was called What the 80s Taught Me. And one of the things I wrote about it uh, for a few paragraphs was like, 80s movies taught me that college was going to be awesome because I was going to go on panty raids and I was going to plant hidden cameras in a girl's sorority. Right. And all these things were absolutely normal and like that's what the 80s taught me. Right. Uh, among, because that is sort of the that message that I think You're going to be a fucking criminal. Oh yeah. Like. That I'm going to be basically a rapist. Yeah. Uh, like all those movies that I grew up with were yeah. sort of made that a joke right of right, like hey right. here are the nerds crashing this right, party and right. doing this thing and yeah. here's this guy with a drunk girl and he has like the angel in the devil whispering in his head of like what do you do do you fuck her or do you leave her alone right right and uh like that <laughs> shit commit was-
0: rape or not yuck 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 I hey I-, I went to Harvard <laughs> lampoon blah blah something National Second Info, City yeah. yay oh right
1: that yeah thing. but I mean that was the joke in that movie it was a National Anthem movie and it's like yeah I'm 13 I see them I'm like well that must be normal behavior. right right Great. Right. I I hear you. Well I remember
0: so my I think my dad's favorite movie of all time is Blade Runner, which is also a movie that I love quite a lot. But when I watched it as a you know, in my late twenties, there's like a moment in that movie where I'm like, God, this is like very rapey. Like the no, woman I don't with the bangs. I mean, well, sorry, not the blonde woman, not Daryl Hannah, oh, not Daryl Hannah but you know, okay. there's the woman, uh, the bot, I forget yep. all what they're called now, and but replicants like or replicants, replicants with like dark hair. And there's this period where like she's, I think her name was Chris or something. No, okay. that was Daryl Hannah. Anyway, she's like trying to leave and Harrison Ford is, like, blocking her way and grabbing her and, put and like, he's trying to kiss her and she's trying to get out of the house and he's, like, not letting her leave. And I'm like, God, this is just, like, I mean, you know, these days, if that happened, I would go into full fight mode. Well, I mean, I can't say for sure what I would do, but either I would try to talk my way out of it or I would, you know, start just biting a guy's nose off but like either way I would see that as a really sinister situation if I'm trying to leave and a guy's not letting me leave his house and he's trying to kiss me um but yeah so it's crazy what like was just totally normalized in the 80s oh, and uh and I love him. I was there too I mean I was born in 82 and I don't think we really got a tv till like 87 but
1: I caught a little of it. You got a little of the tail end of the, well, even the 90s. I saw Princess
0: Leia in a gold bikini, you know, being chained up to a gumdrop, essentially. An octopus for all the,
1: gumdrop. For all the shit that I occasionally talk about Star Wars, it's sort of mostly just a piss-off Jeff because he loves Star Wars. And I do too. Like I loved it as a kid. Um, I will say that that I, I like. I remember seeing Return of the Jedi and being very annoyed by it, even though like because I loved all the movies as a kid. And then like my maturation, I kind of got tired of it. Yeah. Uh, but I will admit that Princess Leia and the Golden King was too hot.
0: Very hot. <laughs> I think so too. And frankly. I, as a child, was extremely turned on when women were chained up to things. Yeah. I just was,
1: so... Well, what's fascinating about that is, did you see Carrie Fisher's wishful drinking one-woman show? Uh, It was on HBO, I want to say, a couple years before she died. Uh, It's kind of hilarious. Carrie Fisher was fucking hilarious, especially when she talks about making Star Wars, and she said that uh, in the first movie, uh, George Lucas told her not to wear a bra. Because he said there are no bras in space. Oh
0: my god! And she was like, I decided to wear bras, but like everybody else got to like dudes got to wear underwear, like there are whitey tidies in I mean, space. But was
1: was not Solo freeballing? Is the question that we want to ask? <laughs> was you know was Obi Wan wrapping up you know, the goods? Was there a force beyond the force?
0: That is frankly... I hate George Lucas like a lot more now because very clearly that's just a way of telling a 19-year-old we want to see your nipples. Like... There's no bras in space is about the stupidest shit I've ever heard, because obviously, like, if she was an 80-year-old woman, I bet there would be fucking bras <laughs> in space, you dipshit. Very supportive bras. Also, I have to say, well, yeah, like, George Lucas would be like, yeah, there's definitely bras in space if you're 80 or fat, so... You know... I watched this documentary that was all it was just called Spielberg and it was all about Spielberg. You saw that? It was really good, like I had sort of forgotten how many movies he did that kind of would change the fucking world every time he did them. And it's funny thinking that he and George Lucas were, like, in the same cohort at film school or something, because George Lucas is such a dum-dum. I mean, I enjoyed Star Trek. Whoops! Whoops! Oh, Jesus. (laughs) I do enjoy Star Trek, but no, I enjoyed Star Wars. I know. For all the shit I talk
1: about Star Wars, I fucking hate Star Trek. But okay.
0: What about next generation? No, I hate all that. There's some very progressive values. I don't know why I'm
1: so bored by all that. But anyway.
0: I like boring things. I really do like boring things. Um, but, okay, so Star Wars, totally like it. I think it is so fun and great, and it changed the world, and it's really important, and I will not shit on Star Wars. But I will, I won't shit on the first three. But I will shit on George Lucas, not like a, well, shit on him because of No Bras in Space, but then I'll also just say when you compare him with Spielberg, It's like so clear that his intelligence is so inferior.
1: I agree. My favorite Star Wars movie is The Empire Strikes Back, yeah, and it's not directed by Lucas. So,
0: oh, what? It wasn't. Sorry, I just slammed my uh, beer
1: down. It was not. Did that? I don't know, but like Lucas at that point, like it was Star Wars was such a big phenomenon. The first movie. Uh, And I mean, I was like five or six when that movie was out. So I was there and I was loving it. And I was into all this shit and had all the action figures and played. And I was Han Solo. My buddy, my best friend who was blah was Luke. It was like, we were perfectly, we had a new thing to do like every Saturday. But like that became such a phenomenon that he just got to oversee that whole, I guess we'll call it universe. And I don't know who directed it. I forget, but it was not directed by him. And a lot of film critics... Or you know, being mildly snobby, I suppose, which I'm going to be, will cite like Empire Strikes Back as being the best of the original three, and I would agree. And they always say like because Lucas oversaw it, but he didn't have a hand in the direction, and it's better, and it it was better as a result. I agree, because you know, I think he, uh, you know, he's good at what he does. He 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 makes movies that are compelling and exciting and tap into. Uh, tropes, but Spielberg can do all that really too. simplistic. But I think, you know, I don't see George Lucas ever directing like um, uh, Munich. No, exactly. <laughs> is all no I'm saying. No
0: Munich.
1: Which is a pretty interesting film.
0: Totally. I like that. Or Schindler's much.
1: List, which I think yeah, right, you know, is a exactly. pretty good movie.
0: Also, I mean, okay, so... <laughs> Just this is like such a tiny point, but Hayden Christensen is a terrible actor and should never have been made or like no one should have tried to make him a movie star. I get that he's decent looking, but he's just the worst. So, like, George Lucas, I love some Canadians. Uh, the aforementioned That's a galaxy far, far away. But. Yeah, it is. Okay, like if Lucas thought Hayden Christensen was a good idea, and he thought Jar Jar Binks was a good idea, like well, he's just making bad decisions left and right.
1: I mean, I ignore I, I, like my, my my cousin who is obsessed with Star Wars to an insane degree. Uh, loves this, the the prequels because he was a kid. And that was, like, you know, exciting. So I get it, like, the way that I loved the original couple of Star Wars when I was a kid. Um, But objectively, you know, the first three are better. And uh, what's going on now, even though I'm sort of only half paying attention to it, is better even though I, I kind of don't care too much but I, I like I, my wife will say let's go see The Force what is the one Awakens uh, stumbles around runs and goes back to sleep that movie um, <laughs> The
0: Force has a hangover yeah, the, For- the, Force the Force makes dinner. to the dog okay.
1: <laughs> The Force heats up White Castles whatever like that movie uh, she's like we're gonna go see Star Wars because you know I like going to the movies regardless of what we're gonna see because you know it's we're getting out of the house and we're gonna sit together we're gonna sit in the back row and eat popcorn and talk about the movie watching so, we're not supposed to be talking during the film. And Jeff is going to be proud. And Jeff will be proud because we're seeing Star Wars. And you know we'll see it and uh, my wife's little side story went to see the second what was the one after The Force Awakens? I don't remember. But she saw that one in uh, Mexico when she was visiting her family and uh, was really excited to see how they, how, ins- how, uh, she says it's better in Spanish. Oh, she just says, like, the word, the words Millennium Falcon in Spanish come out better. Oh, <laughs> interesting. So we went to see Star Wars, and I'm like, yeah, this is fine. Like, this is not a bad time. I'm not, Like, I shit on this for no reason. Like, this is enjoyable. I mean, there's, in- there's Isn't probably. Isn't there always something better, though? Like, okay, guess, did you see yeah.
0: Spider-Man Enter the Spider-Verse? It's an animated film. No, it's rated no, PG. Guess what? It's fucking so good. It's so, so moving. moving. It's my queue, like, the animation Netflix. is
1: beautiful. It's got to be better than the last couple of... There's too many Spider-Man movies, in my opinion.
0: But. Oh, yeah. I, I had not watched any Spider-Man movies since, like, the first one that Tobey Maguire yeah. was in. Probably in fucking, like, 96 or something. And then I, like, never watched watched another Spider-Man film but then I was hearing from my friends like no, this is a different thing it is a different thing and it's I've, I I have found it like so
1: impactful I really loved it Spider-Man and the Christopher Nolan Batman movies really reinforced my three uh, which I cannot support at all, but I had this three briefly and Star Wars again, the first three. That I love trilogies, but the second one's always my favorite. And the third one always sucks.
0: Huh. Except for with Star Wars.
1: Well, to me, it was like Star Wars, the first one in 76 was really you know, 77 was great and you know, exciting and fun, and establishes the characters. Empire Strikes Back comes back comes out and it's even fucking better. And it's like, how could they improve on this? And then the third one comes out, in Return of the Jedi, and I'm like, don't like Wait, it. Wait, I thought you liked it. No, no, no. I like the, I like the first half of it in Tatooine. Oh. As soon as they leave, as soon as Jabba's dead and Boba Fett's dead and everyone's rescued, like I, lo- I totally spaced out after that. what's no oh, so once this you- little fucking Muppets Ewoks come on, I'm like, I don't give a shit about those. I, that's just me. Star a uh, uh, Batman. I love. I thought Batman Begins was really good. I thought the Dark Knight was great. I hated the third one, The Dark Knight Rises. I thought was terrible. The first Spider-Man: Tobey Maguire. is pretty fun. Second one. Ah, it's really pretty good. Third one sucked worse than anything I've ever seen. Really. Like, Godfather one is great. Godfather two is even better. And then the third one is so embarrassingly bad. Like it's really tough to pull off. a trilogy. Wow. That's just my little working voice. That is interesting.